Hello and welcome back everybody. As always, I am so thankful to be here and so thankful for each and every one of you that are here as well. I am really, really happy to announce that I have an awesome guest today. Uh, like all of the guests here, they're so great. And I'm hoping that many of you that are listening become a guest of this show as well. I know that you know or you are one of those people that are doing amazing things. And I want to talk to you about it. So please contact me. Let me know about the amazing things you're doing or let me know about somebody else that's doing amazing things or if there is somebody out there in the world that you appreciate so much that you just need to let others know and to make sure that they know how appreciated they are then let me know. Let's get that message out there. Uh, you can always send me any of that kind of information at createchange at thecenterofthought.com. Again, that is createchange at thecenterofthought.com. This is Logan Nicholson. As always, I am thrilled to be here, appreciative that you are here, and excited for the journey of this show. The intention of the show today is all about choosing where you are in life and choosing happiness. It is a choice. Uh, for those of us that sit in moments and don't recognize that, it's completely understandable because sometimes life can just be overwhelming. But we also have the choice to distract ourselves from that overwhelming feeling and to find ways to enjoy what is around us and to live with an aspect of happiness. And sometimes it's just as simple as thinking about something other than what doesn't feel so good. Moving on to that better feeling thought. Uh, that's what we are here to do. That's what this show is all about. And before we bring on a guest and before we have those conversations, I figure we can do a little meditative process, get ourselves aligned and ready for the feeling of happiness and to enjoy this show in its full, full aspect. So come along for the ride. Let's meditate. Let's come into alignment together. Find yourself relaxed, lying down or sitting up, just be comfortable. Start to breathe slowly and deeply. And as you start to relax, close your eyes and continue to breathe. Notice and be aware of the environment around you, the sounds, the sensations of your hands touching your lap, or your body up against the furniture that you're lying on or sitting on. Experience the sensations of your breath the full cycle as it goes in 
and out. Life breathing in and out of your body. As you feel the relaxation and the calmness overtake your body, allow a feeling of joy in your body. Any kind of joy. It could be the thought of a loved one, an animal, a place, an event. Consider the joy, accept the joy, and feel the joy, wherever it may show itself in your body. It may be a tingle in your belly, or a lightness in your head, wherever you feel that joy. Remember that sensation. Milk that sensation for all that it is. Welcome and allow that feeling of joy to grow and spread throughout your whole body. Feeling it through your fingers, down your legs and through your toes, out and over your head. As you continue to breathe, sit in that feeling of joy, fills your body and goes outward in all directions. And as you're feeling and thinking about this joy inside, take a moment to let a stressful thought in a stressful emotion in, something that may feel off in your life. See how that stressful emotion feels in your body. Where do you notice it? In the belly, in the temples, in the head, Recognize where you feel the offness. And then go back to that feeling of comfort, that feeling of happiness. And take a moment to shift back and forth the stress, the negative thought, the feeling of that negative thought, and then back to the positive thought, back and forth. The control you have becomes stronger. Your awareness of where in your body you feel these negative and positive thoughts is more clear with each moment in this exercise.
as you breathe in and out. Decide when you're ready to release that stressful thought, that stressful feeling. Notice it exit your body and from where. And feel that positive emotion and feeling cover you again. Pushing out all negativity. Is your choice. You decide. The happiness. The power. The joy. It's all in your control. Relax and breathe in and out. Taking in the joy. Taking in the happiness. When you're ready, come back to your awakened state. Take in the sounds around you. Feel your body get lighter. The connection between you and the furniture that you are on becomes more apparent. As you awaken with the feeling of love and happiness, the feeling that you have created, As you awaken and when you're ready, open your eyes and take a moment. Try not to focus too much right away. Just hold on to that feeling of happiness, the strength within it, and the understanding that it is all yours whenever you want it. Ah, well, I don't know about any of you, but I'm feeling good. I'm feeling in control of my thoughts, and I'm feeling pretty good about where I sit right now. And I'm hoping you are as well. Let's do this. Before I start our conversation with my guest today. I just want everybody to know that there could be uh, some graphic content only about what still does exist in the world. And I think it's sometimes important to have an understanding of where things are and what is happening so that we can choose to look in the direction of the way, the solution. Um, we don't want to dwell on the problems of the world, but we also have awareness, and there are things going on out there, and we have the ability to step in and look for solutions, look for better ways 
to take care of ourselves and each other. You know, I honestly believe that our negative feelings are just a way to show us that we're disconnected from our true selves. And the more negative, the more strong that negative feeling, the further away we are from who we truly are. And the better we feel, the more connected and the closer we are to who we truly are. And I believe that to be true of us as a collective as well, as a human race. And if we look at the world right now, or at any given moment, the unrest and the lack of clarity amongst all of us as a group shows how far removed we are from that source that binds us all together. And so I invite you to listen to this conversation and to take all of this information and to have an understanding that those things that make you cringe or those things that don't seem to set right with you, well, it's because none of us as humans want any of that to be part of our reality. So what do we do about it? We come together and we focus on what's right and we focus on taking care of each other and we focus on love. So I'm really excited to have a guest on today and I hope you all are excited too. Conversations are needed. Perception changes are needed. Love is needed. And I think we're going to have a real good time. And by the way, everyone, please excuse the audio moving forward on this interview. Things will get better, but in the meantime, enjoy the message. It's wonderful. And I'm extremely honored and super, super excited to introduce our next guest. Uh, today we have Dr. Josefu Deyama. He is a retired plastic surgeon. He shares his reflections on the meaning of life. After the pursuit of much material gain, he found himself in a spiritual desert and became miserable. He found that true inner peace and limitless happiness comes not from material things, but from giving of oneself to others, to be of service to others beyond oneself. He shares his experiences with the world, and he has been helping the most helpless children in the world at helpless, helpinghelplesschildren.org. You can check that website out for more information on that organization. He's been honored for his work by the Pope, the Dalai Lama, Dr. Jane Goodall, and he's been nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize by the Cambodian government. It's an honor and a pleasure to welcome Dr. Josefu Deyama. Welcome. Thank you, Logan. Absolutely. No, thank you. Uh, you know, it's, it's great to have you here. Um, as you know, the intention for today's show is choosing your life's direction and choosing happiness. And I was trying to figure out what quote I wanted to use for the show. And we had texted back and forth and you sent me a couple really cool ones that would have fit just fine. And I found some that would have fit just fine. But then I remembered listening back to uh, one of your talks and I had to go back to it and listen to it again because I knew that there was something there that needed to be said. And the quote was just perfect when I heard it again. I knew there was nothing else better for the show than what I found. Uh, and these words came from a young friend of yours 
a young seven-year-old girl that hadn't been given two months to live, um, living with brain cancer. And after struggling with it and having a very difficult time and finding herself very unhappy, she one day spoke these words to you. I decided from today until the day I die, I'm just going to be happy. And that's what we're all here to do is to be happy and to make those choices. And I'm really excited and, and curious to hear your thoughts on those words and how they affected you then and how they affect you now and, and what that means to you. Wow. That's a loaded question, but I'll give it a shot. Mm, I think especially in this Western world where we are, uh, society puts pressures on us, whether it's comes from our parents or advertisements or friends that you have to be successful. And success means uh, the pursuit of an attainment of a great job, making lots of money, having a nice car, having a nice house, having the perfect mate, and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And that is success, which automatically translates to happiness. Well, using my little life as an example, I really pursued that very hard. I wanted to be successful and happy, blissfully happy. I studied my butt off, got into Stanford, studied my butt off for another four years, got into the Ivy League, became a surgeon after eight more years of training, uh, worked from the bottom up, made millions of dollars. And at that point, having multiple homes, millions in investments, at that point, I contemplated suicide because according to everything I've been told, that was supposed to be the epitome of my success and therefore happiness. And I'd never been more miserable in my life. Yeah. And I seriously thought about suicide. Um, so that was a kind of a, a enlightenment for me because after thinking about it very seriously and telling a couple of my psychiatrist friends, uh, I decided I couldn't do that because it would be a betrayal and major disappointment for my mother, who I adored and respected very much. And she went through hell to raise me. So I feel like I owed her not to do that. And then I thought, what is the opposite of being the most miserable you can be? That would be to become as happy as you could possibly be beyond your wildest imaginations. So I thought, if I was to be selfish and a genie showed up and said, I grant you 100 wishes, what would they be? Without any limit, I got down with a blank notebook and I wrote down 100 things I wanted to do before I die. And this was before it was cool to have a bucket list and things like that. <laughs> yeah. Nobody I knew was doing stuff like that. Yeah. But I just went berserk because I thought, okay, if I'm not going to kill myself, I'm going to do the exact opposite. I'm going to find out what real happiness is about and pursue it with a passion. So that's what I did. I categorized those hundred things into experiences I, I would like, uh, missions I'd like to accomplish, uh, places I'd like to go, and cultures I'd like to experience, uh, 
and without any limit, you know, from Antarctica to inner space and, and yeah. 160 some countries in between. And, uh, but uh, my ultimate journey goal was to be a positive force for our little earth universe. And um, in whatever form that might be, I think every single one of us is very capable to find inner peace and happiness. You know, it's so cliche to hear those words, but when you experience it, when you get to know who you are for real for the first time in your life, and then you realize like, oh, I like myself. I'm a good human. When you realize this, oh, it clears the path. And along the way, you learn some skills that that I could teach everybody, and it's readily available. Uh, you know, to meditate, to learn to quiet the mind monkey, uh, to have more patience, loving kindness, uh, to find the middle way, uh, to to learn about where your anger might come from, where does the rage come from, uh, what something yeah. happened in your childhood. It's an exploration and a journey. So that's what I've been doing for the past 25 years. Absolutely. Well, first of all, I'm, I'm so thankful that you chose to stay on this earth with us because I'm already loving this conversation with you. And, you know, you do have an amazing story. And to go from surgeon to the Playboy models, uh, living that life of luxury and cars and homes to that of the life of a monk, uh, it, it seems like a quantum leap to me. And obviously it was probably more gradual than that. Do you remember the feeling of that shift from the living in that life of popularity and money to the more spiritually minded you that you've become? Can you tell me more about that journey? Mm, yes. Um, let me recollect. <laughs> Please do. To the Western eye, it must have looked like I'd fallen from grace because as I was contemplating suicide, I was on the cover of different magazines. I, I was San Diego Bachelor of the Year. I, I was a plastic surgeon to Playboy magazine, so all the playmates were coming. and Oh, it was so shallow and superficial. My heart and soul was empty, and I... I didn't like myself for being in that world and I felt betrayed and, and I was full of rage as well. And I, a few things people ask me that know me, okay, what really gave you the crazy idea? And so we call it courage to just quit and go with nothing into the world because yeah, after I had, I was, I was having lawsuits. I mean, the average plastic surgeon gets sued like six times a year. And wow. Because I was in the media spotlight, which I didn't enjoy. But my thinking was, hey, I have to grow this business. I I was already in my mid-30s. I hadn't had any money. I had $400,000 in, in loan. So I had to make some money to pay things people back. So that's where my head was. But I didn't like myself at all. So here's the factors that really got me going, though. Between the ages of 18 and 35, a whopping nine of my best friends had died. 
everything from suicide, heart attack, car wrecks, and a plane crash. My first girlfriend, when I was 19 in college, committed suicide. Two years later, as a senior at Stanford, my girlfriend died, my next girlfriend died in a plane crash. Wow. So, and it just went on. And then when I was about 30 years old, two of my very best friends, one died of pancreatic cancer and one died from a medication interaction. And so that was a huge influence on me. And almost like they were calling me because I'd see dreams about them all the time. And I'd get little messages uh, as if the universe and, and they were delivering messages to me like, you're yeah. not being authentic, you know, go, go and really do who you are, you know, kind of thing. So that really motivated me. One day, one day I, I felt my heart, you know, skipping around a little bit and I kind of knew what it was because I'm a doctor and, but doctors hate to go to other doctors, but I went to Scripps and I had the cardiologist, the head cardiologist, really do a full physical stress test and everything on me. And here's what he said. Joseph, I will stake my reputation that you will not be alive in a year. He, wow. he says, you have premature ventricular contractions going everywhere. Your cholesterol is over 500. Your stress must be unbelievable. You need to completely change your life or die. And so that was wow. the final straw. I was already, you know, thinking, how the heck am I going to go on my true path? So that was it. That was my gift from the universe. So I just quit. I mean, I didn't even sell the practice. People were like, why don't you sell the practice? You can still make millions from it. Uh, no, I'm just going to close it and it was shut. And uh, here's uh, advance pay for everybody. Thank you very much. Goodbye. And uh, yeah, it was, it was rough though. You know, that's a long story wrapped up into one sentence, but it was, it was very <laughs> rough for many reasons because People felt betrayed. There were hurt feelings. I had lawsuits. People coming up with these crazy lawsuits. I mean, I had an employee say that I drugged her and I did liposuction on her without her permission. Wow. I had an elderly patient say I touched her inappropriately. I, I had all these crazy lawsuits because my manager got in cahoots with this woman who was later convicted for murder and sentenced to two life imprisonments and ended up dying in prison. She went in cahoots with the manager and created all these lawsuits. So I had these three major signals to just get out there and pursue life and be happy. Yeah. So I did. I just, first thing I did was bought an old four by four and drove to all 50 States in the U.S. Nice. Well, of course, I've been to Hawaii many times, so I already had that. And Alaska, I've flown there. But I drove slowly, slow travel through America. Went to all the national parks. Met people from everywhere. That's what I did for about two, three years. You truly enjoyed the journey there. Yes. Like. And then, you know, one thing we humans have lost, which I think is really important for happiness, is to be in touch with nature. You know, we Absolutely. wear rubber insulated shoes walking on concrete. There is no direct 
Mother Earth healing energies coming into us. We don't go around feeling the energies of the trees and, you know, the gardens. And I grew up in Japan, born and raised in Japan, in Kobe, Japan. And in Japan, we have this thing where we know that walking through a forest is therapy. And that is a requirement, you know, and everybody, even in a big city, will find a park or a forest and go for a long walk because it's part yeah. of being human. I think we've lost that a lot in the Western world. I I agree. I, you know, I, I <clears throat> excuse yeah. me, I hit the mountain on a regular basis. And um, when I'm up there skiing, of course, it's it's amazing on those skis, but it's the energy of the mountain and the energy of the trees and the sky and all of that that encompasses me and makes me feel like I am at the center of the universe yeah. and right? priceless, priceless. Yes, it really. really and the is. gift is yeah. there all the time. All we need to do is go there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you know, we have so much power within ourselves, and I thank you for bringing it up because we all need a a nudge once in a while and to be reminded of that once in a while. And, you know, maybe there are a lot of people that have forgotten that, but with your words and with this broadcast, maybe we can uh, awaken people's um, desire to get back out there and connect a little bit more. That's, that's the hope. Yes. Anyway. I will say that in, in San Diego, the awareness is much higher than any other city I've been in, in, in America, because just think if we were on the East coast or uh, Midwest freezing to death, the last thing you want to do is go outside and we yeah, drive five minutes and we're by the ocean, you know, drive 10 minutes and we're in the mountains. We're very lucky Absolutely. and we have no excuse not to, uh, you know, be with nature here. Um, I agree. Uh, yeah, it's true. I, and I feel like at the end of the day, there's always something to reach for and there's always a little piece of nature that we can grab a hold of if, if we if we want to and if we look for it yes. for sure uh, you know i i heard you in your talk at mesa college mention wanting to be a surgeon since you were a child and you kind of touched on this earlier just about how society and parents and people can kind of plant ideas in our heads and i'm wondering was that your dream to be that surgeon, that doctor, or was it something that maybe just kind of got planted along the way and you were tricked into <laughs> believing that that was an actual dream of yours? Um, and along wow. with that, uh, what other dreams have you, did you have as a child? Do you remember when you, can you go back to that seven-year-old child, maybe the age of Heidi, uh, and, and think about the dreams that maybe were under the surface that uh. you didn't reach fascinating it's, you are very insightful to point that out because it, it took a lot of examination and insight to realize you know what the subconsciousness that's within all of us coming from our childhood and experiences as a child so in retrospect i'm not going to blame anybody uh, because they're only looking out for sure. me i'm sure and a great influence was my mom who actually was the only woman in her medical school class and after wow. she graduated, she got impregnated by my American father, which meant in Japan that you are, you can no longer work. Plus, uh, having a child with an American soldier was an absolute no-no. I mean, she was not mm -hmm. only 
not allowed to practice medicine, but people are spitting on her. Having a baby with an American, wow. you prostitute whore. So uh, it was a different world back then. You know, it was not that many years after World War II. And uh, mm -hmm. a lot of people resented that. So the influence on me, though, was was my mom always suggest, suggesting how cool were surgeons, how cool were plastic surgeons. Because in the 60s in Japan, um, there was a world-renowned plastic reconstructive surgeon, and he became the first guy ever to replant a thumb that was cut off. And so... Oh, wow. Things like that, yeah. you know, it was in it was in the media, in the awareness, and uh, you know, my mom would make it clear, like, oh, if you're a surgeon, nobody's going to tell you what to do. You're your own boss, and you have your own company. You do whatever you want, and you're really helping people, and you have a really secure and honorable job. And I thought, mm -hmm. well, what's better than that? <laughs> of course, <yeah. laughs> that makes sense. Uh, yeah. And you know, and she is right in many many ways. I mean. Yeah, Later on in life, I had a stepdad who, you know, was a doctor of the old age, of the, of the golden days. When, when And, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, he did have a wonderful life where where there are no loss, lawsuits. There's trust between patients and doctors. Uh, you know, those days are long gone. So it's a different world of being a doctor, I think. It's tough to be a doctor now. Um, getting Getting back to my adventure, because it's all connected to my learning about true happiness after I drove through mm -hmm. the, all the states in America, I, you know, it was time to go overseas. So I just, bam, booked a one-way flight to Thailand. Uh, I'd yeah. been there uh, before, but I, I was very curious of many things, including the fact that it's a very Buddhist nation. And I wanted to learn much more about Buddhism and the people and the culture. And I already knew Thai food was amazing. And, and that Thai people mm -hmm. are really nice and all that. So, yeah. So, at first, I started volunteering at AIDS orphanages. And uh, one of those, uh, getting back to the talk that you saw, the people who've taught me perhaps the strongest, most powerful lessons in my life, like viscerally, are children. And you mentioned mm -hmm. uh, little Heidi, who had brain cancer, who was going to die soon and her parents couldn't stop crying. The nurses were even crying about her. And, and she's, you know, one of my grand masters who you know, I used to visit her and she'd always be angry, upset. One day she's giggling and laughing. I'm like, what happened? And she says, Oh, I, I don't want to make anybody cry and sad. So I decided to be happy until I die from today. And that lesson yeah. was one that I still have to remind myself because sometimes I'm not happy and I realize, wait, what do you mean I'm not happy? I I have a roof over my head. I can eat whatever I want. You know, I, I'm not happy. Of course I'm happy. You know, cut it out, cut it out yeah. and get back to the happiness. You know, we always fall yeah. off the wagon Absolutely. of happiness. So, yeah. We do. Yeah, especially especially yeah. here in the Western world because – Everything you see on, on digital media, TV is, oh, you're not a winner if you don't have the latest Lexus or, you know, you're not wearing a Rolex. There are a lot of distractions. Or you don't live, you don't have a mansion yeah. in La Jolla. What are you talking about, right? So, yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely. That's the thing, right? There's so many, there's so many distractions yeah. out there. And 
that's why I'm so excited to have you here. And I'm excited to be here so that we can be a different form of media and that we can I have love a different it. I love it. There's a huge really, really need for awareness and kindness and, and happiness. That's right there in front of our I, eyes. And we don't need all that external fake is. distraction to make us try to make us feel bad or like we're inadequate or too fat or too thin or too ugly. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I am curious. I am curious to know. Yeah, no, I'm just getting back to the kids are my great, biggest teachers. And also yeah. I love the fact that yeah. kids and animals don't lie. So you want the truth, mm-hmm. you know, you find out quickly with animals. I, I'm, I'm a dog, a total lover. So doggies will, they know immediately if you're an asshole, they, you know, they'll growl at you and try yeah. to bite you <laughs> and kids too. They just look at you like, I don't like you, you know, but, um, so I'm honored to be like the Pied Piper. Cause when I go to orphanages, which I go, uh, Pre-COVID, I was going every month to a different orphanage in Mexico, all over Mexico, and I'd find the, the neediest uh, orphanage and give them a full day of magic shows, puppet shows, and then a free medical exam for everybody. And to make them giggle and laugh and be happy, even if it's just for that short time, yeah, spread the love, you know. And we could all do a little something like that. Doesn't You don't have to go anywhere, but why not? I agree yeah and you know i know that you're you're huge on uh on helping children you're you're a child advocate for sure and i wanted you to tell me maybe more about what your favorite project is i know helping helplesschildren.org is a big one for you um you just explain to it a little bit and i I just want to make sure that everybody out there has an awareness of it because i feel like that's how things grow my calling and everybody has a calling you know what gandhi said right the best way to find yourself is to lose yourself in the service of others and then i thought okay so who needs the most help adults drug addicts to me it was little innocent kids who've done nothing wrong and are either being tortured or suffered or trafficked that was just not acceptable to me so you know what can one person do Listen, if we can help one kid get back on track and have food and shelter and love and, and hope, then our life has meaning. Yeah. One kid. That's what I tell myself. One more yeah. kid. One more kid. And the stories yeah. about these kids are endless. Just last week, I took in a little seven-year-old girl found naked walking along the streets of Manila because both her parents had been executed by Duterte's police force because they were drug addicts. Not because they were selling drugs. They were young drug addicts and they were murdered in front of their little seven-year-old girl. So my 13 homeless kids living on top of a garbage mountain took her in as one of their own. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's power in love for sure. And it's really incredible to know that we're finding ways to be able to teach others to love and to bring to bring people into the fold. I really, really you know, appreciate that. Even in San Diego, um, San Diego has what? Almost 10,000 homeless people. Each of us who live around here can drive downtown and do a something to give them hope, to, to show mm-hmm. them that somebody gives a shit, uh, you know, that we have a little bit of love and kindness. You know, anybody can make some yeah. sandwiches. And I, I used to, you know, 
get down there and find the single moms with their little kids tailing around, sometimes in the rain, freezing. You know, any little thing, bring them a blanket, a sweater, an umbrella, a tent, even a sandwich. And you could see the tears in their eyes that somebody cares. Yeah, I, I, I so you don't have to go far to help that. people. Be kind. Um, you don't. You certainly don't. And it's 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 a lesson that we all can remind ourselves every day of for sure. Uh, since you do so much to help, and since it is on your mind so much to help, uh, one of the questions I love to ask, and you've, I know you've heard me ask it before, is where do you go? Um, what state of consciousness are you in specifically when you are creating and manifesting these projects and doing what you can do to, to help facilitate growth and, and health and well-being? Where do you go and your, what state of consciousness Empathy. are you living in? And that's how Empathy. To yeah. Try to put yourself in their shoes. I mean... I mean, the f uh, yeah. first one of the first times I went to a Cambodian orphanage and I ate with them, I spent the day with them and there was no protein whatsoever in the, all their meals, just rice and some very skimpy veggies. And, and I thought, and some of the kids' hairs were turning orange, which is a sign of severe malnutrition. And I was already thinking, oh, geez, mm -hmm. no protein. Okay, well, we have to fix that somehow. And then when the night came... Yeah. And the millions of bugs that are flying around the lights. All the kids came out with buckets and would capture these bugs. And I was wondering, what the hell are they going to do with bugs? Is that, are they doing that for fun? No, they threw all the bugs in a pot of oil and, and uh, boiled them and presented it to me as a sign of honor. Like, this is, you know, this is their yeah. favorite meal. This is how they're getting their protein. So... Yeah. Okay, so there I was. I don't know anything about farming, gardening, uh, water purification, mm -hmm. nothing. So I did the only thing that any American or Westerner could do. I went to YouTube and I looked up how to make a chicken coop. And, you know, and for 50 bucks, I bought some chickens and put some wiring fence and got some locals to put up some poles and boom, there was a chicken coop and all the kids had eggs. Wow. I yeah, mean, any, any little thing, guess, make a fishery or plant this and that. Um, we all can, we don't have to do anything so drastic. Though. You don't have to go to Cambodia. Just take a five minute drive downtown. Yeah. You'll find the need. Yeah. Just fill it with empathy. How would you feel yeah. if you and your child were out there on the streets, surrounded by danger, insecurity, no food, no nothing? Then you can do something. All of us can do something. Yeah, I agree. And I guess for me, my question is, after that empathy and after building something, after creating something and getting to see others enjoy that, those those eggs or getting to see others get to be to get to move a little bit forward in life where does your brain go then where does your conscious level go then like what are you thinking what are you feeling can you explain what it feels like to see somebody have food and to have a chicken pen and to experience okay that? so perhaps the greatest emotion that a human can have is selfishness it's very strong isn't it no matter who you are Mother Teresa, 
uh, Jane Goodall. There's a lot of selfishness that made these people great. So why not take yeah. advantage of our powerful sense of selfishness and use that and how I did that? It made me really happy. I was not even aware of myself. I lost myself in the joy of seeing smiles on kids who didn't smile because they didn't have any food or they were dying and nobody gave a shit and they had to watch their parents die in front of them. To put a smile on their face, some kids never were seen to smile for five years. You, so I lost myself completely and just became a joy. Pure joy. It was purely selfish. Yeah. It was to make myself happy. It's a good reason now, to be selfish. It's not all roses and yeah. fun games. I mean, I, when I learned that almost a thousand little kids as young as three or four years old were being sexually trafficked in Cambodia every month, I, I, this is shifts a little bit to rage. You know, like, how can the world mm -hmm. just sit by when a thousand children are being tortured every day? How is that even possible? Well, as you can imagine, the story runs deep. Um, this corruption runs really deep. Child uh, trafficking is the most profitable business on earth, overtaking drugs and armor, selling armor. So there I was in, in the middle of Cambodia. What do I do? So I, I, I go undercover. I talked to Interpol, and I, I met with the Cam Cambodian government, and I would become a child predator, acting as a child, rich child wow. predator, with another undercover policeman or undercover somebody. And we go deep, as deep as we can go. And we found out that they were selling four-year-olds for $5,000 a week as little virgins. And these businessmen would buy these four-year-old girls and do whatever they want with them. When these girls came back after that, they would sew up their vaginas without anesthesia and resell them as virgins. It was it was that deep. It was just really nauseating. I don't know how many times I threw up. It's also extremely dangerous. I've been kidnapped and tortured twice. And, and never thought, never yes, thought you have some yeah, stories so about that. It's a crazy, scary world. We can't fix everything, not by a long shot, but if all of us showed a little bit of bravery and kindness and empathy, I think we can make a wonderful, mm -hmm. loving world. I 100% agree with that. Uh, you know, you have said that, kind of going into your past a little bit, you said that you hated the life that you were living as a surgeon. You kind of felt that it wasn't, it didn't feel real. It felt kind of fake. And um, that past life also, though, has given you so much opportunity to create change. And I'm kind of wondering... Has that higher living doctor merged with the man you are now, or are they separate entities where the doctor pops in and gives his advice and gives his expertise where he needs? Is it because we're all multifaceted here? So I'm just wondering, like, how unified are those personalities from the past, the doctor that was searching for his meaning in life, and today, the man that understands the meaning and wants to? Ah, share that with others. Very insightful question. Thank you. Um, I would say that it's it's all a, a a growth, a growing experience, and I'm grateful for 
my experiences as a surgeon because not only was I just doing uh, shallow, superficial cosmetic surgery, but I was doing reconstruction after car accidents and trauma and, and volunteering going overseas, doing cleft lip palate surgery in Peru and Honduras and Saipan and going all over the world with that. So that was very fulfilling, no doubt. But I would say 90% of the time, it was kind of a shallow existence. And I was sucked into the whole um, superficial party show off uh, shallow mm -hmm. existence where that led me to be miserable. So, you know, mm -hmm. unfortunately that, that image uh, is what's portrayed even to this day uh, in the media. And I, I just read an article where they interviewed a whole bunch of teenagers and it's so sad to hear that well over 90%, their number one dream is to just become rich period. It's very sad. Yeah. And they're either going to have to learn the hard way or, yeah. you know, because adversity, I think, is really healthy. What, you know, as it said, whatever doesn't kill us will make us stronger and better and more aware. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I 100% agree with that. Uh, it's true. Well, I also know that you meditate and I love to meditate. I meditate every day. Uh, it really does wonders for me. Can you tell me what meditation means to you and what it does? Meditation is a priceless tool I recommend everybody to use. It's not esoteric. It's not complicated. Uh, the oldest form of known meditation, which is called Vipassana from India, which is what uh, apparently the Buddha himself did and passes this on. It's not religious. Mm -hmm. It's just becoming aware of your breathing and then to spread awareness throughout your body. And what that does is it enables to quiet your mind. You know, we all have mind monkey telling us you're inadequate or you're a failure or you suck or this and that. And, you know, you're arguing with yourself all day long. It's exhausting and well, it's such a waste. The beauty of the meditation technique is it gets you right back down to your, of who you are. And, um, and and you could you could actually monitor your own vital signs and control. It. Yeah, it's it's fun to say the least. Awareness, peacefulness within, the calmness in your solar plexus is priceless in this crazy society that we live in. You know, especially with COVID and. People stressed out. I've noticed like when I drive on the highway, people cutting me off without signaling all the time, almost regularly. And before I might have gotten really mad like a little bit of road rage. But now I I smile and I go, Oh, that poor guy, he's got diarrhea and needs to get home real quick. You know. Yeah. So yeah. My attitude has exactly. changed. Now exactly. I'm not perfect. Sometimes I want to kill the guy, but I go I go back to oh wait a second now. <laughs> You know, poor guy. You know, his wife was yelling yeah. at him or something. So empathy. If you got yeah, empathy, absolutely. life is good. I agree. Right? We're all just trying to figure it out, aren't we? Uh, you know, with all of that you've done, I'm just curious to know if you had to pick one, what's the most spiritual experience that you've ever had? Wow. So many, right? As you know, as a mountain lover and skier, sometimes it's a moment in nature and Oh, you just feel like a little part of the universe. And 
it feels like you're all together. I don't know yeah. if you've experienced psychedelic uh, mm -hmm. natural medicine like psilocybin or, uh, you know, uh, ayahuasca. Actually, yeah. Uh, this, these, I'm a, I'm a, I've been taking journeys with these natural, amazing, ancient medicines, and it's opened up all kinds of dimensions mm -hmm. for me. But that's not what I would uh, jump to. Uh, it's just something that is very interesting, and nature is presenting those medicines to us. Yeah. I mean, uh, let me just throw this in there because it's really important. Yeah. My mom had stage four advanced breast cancer three right. years ago. Prognosis is terrible. Um, mm -hmm. So, of course, I did no chemo, no radiation, because the worst thing you could possibly do is eliminate your immune system, which is the only way you can cure yourself. So I just, I'm trying to get at the fact that natural medicines have cured my mother of advanced end stage breast cancer. And I'm not the only one people like Paul Stamets, Mr. Mushroom also cured his mother with a combination of mushrooms and other natural medicines. Nature has everything right before our eyes. Anything man-made is usually least to disaster. <laughs> and so I'm just going to throw that up there. Yeah, yeah. Fair, fair. Um, sure. So I want to play a little game with you. Uh, I'm calling it in three words or less. I'm going to ask you three questions, and you each answer each one of them in three words or less. So okay. I'll ask all three so you know what's coming, right. and then we'll go back to the beginning. Uh, I did this with myself earlier, and I really liked the process, okay. and I'm curious to see how you feel about it. Uh, so, first question is going to be, who were you then? Meaning that doctor that was just kind of lost yeah. and trying to figure things out, right? Uh, question two, who are you now? With everything that has happened, all the experiences that you have lived and been through up till the here and now, in three words, who are you now? And then Question three is, who do you see yourself becoming as we're ever-evolving beings? I'm just curious to know who Dr. Josefu Dayama sees himself wow. becoming. So we'll go back to question one. Okay, who, who I you? was? Scared. Three words. Selfish. Angry. Okay. And who are you? I now? am now grateful, not scared, peaceful. And who do you see yourself becoming? Mm. Uh, I'd have to categorize this as being hopeful to become. You know, I, I, it would be arrogant to presume that I'm okay. going to be a certain way. So I yeah. hope to A, yeah. remain grateful. Yeah. B, enlightened. C, mm -hmm. it's coming. Influential. Yes, it is. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, you are becoming influential because you're influencing me. Um, I'm just super excited to be inspired by you and to hear all the stories and to hear all your stories and to get a glimpse into how much power 
we have as individuals and then when we collect with others the immense power that we can that we can that we have and and the ability to create culture and to change the future is so immense and so you are already influential and i thank you for that so so much um you know it's it's inspiring to speak to people like you um i guess my i do want to ask this too because you have been to so many countries i guess you said over 160 countries and you've been held, held prisoner and you've been tortured and you've had some of these crazy things happen to you yet you still come with laughter and joy and strength and you want to share that with the world and i want to know how do you stay so positively minded and so linked in and connected uh and, and not allow those things to bring you someplace else someplace more negative how do you how do you stay in because the i've been there i've been to the bottom i've been to the scraping the bottom of the yeah. barrel and there's no reason mm -hmm. to be there. Why not be joyous and screaming with happiness from the top of the mountain? Yeah, I always say, what's the alternative? 100%. Be miserable? No, thanks. Listen, this could be the last day yeah. we're here on this yeah. earth. One out of two of us is going to die early from cancer. 100%. So pretend like today's the last day for the rest of your life because... It could be. Yeah. So like yeah. like like Heidi Absolutely. said, decide 100%. to be happy and live it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's that's what I'm doing every day. And I appreciate those like you that are doing the same and that are sharing your story and being that influencer that you are becoming and I hope to become as well because we're all in this together and i think that together we can make a really really strong future for ourselves so oh it's been once wonderful. again thank logan, you for that logan it gives, it gives me um, hope for the future of, of, yeah. of the world that there's people like you young people like you here thank you i really appreciate that uh you know we are coming to the end of the show but before we go i just want to know if we can take only one thing from this whole conversation, what would you want to leave us with? What would you want that to be? I would go back to Gandhi and look in the mirror and lose yourself to find yourself in the service of others. Perfect. I love it. I love it. Uh, well, I have loved having you here and I try to remind myself every day that this is what I'm here to do as well is to re to breach the gap and to connect and to be of service to others and at the same time to myself. And it's really, really empowering. Uh, and I know that you're often in the Pacific Northwest and I'm up here as well. Uh, so I'm hoping that someday we can sit down and have these really amazing conversations face to face. I would really love that. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Josefu. Josefu, I really, really loved having you on, and I can't wait to be able to speak with you again. And anytime, uh, brother. Have an amazing evening. Okay. Bye bye. Thank you so much. Bye.
And just an update for everyone uh, that has made it through all of my recordings. Thank you so much for your patience. Uh, things will continue to get better. Equipment will continue to get upgraded. And this last interview, as amazing as it was, was of course a little bit muddled and distorted. Um, just because sometimes the equipment you have is the equipment that you have. Uh, funny enough, uh, at the end of our conversation when we're thanking each other, it sounds like we're talking over each other. When really it's just the audio kind of skipping back and forth. Uh, the appreciation between both of us, I feel, was super, super great. And just wanted to recognize uh, that sometimes the way things seem aren't exactly how they appear. Um, it was a wonderful conversation. There was no talking over each other. It was just perfect melody of love and exchange of stories and information. So I'm continuing to improve this show. The sound quality hopefully will continue to go up. Uh, in the meantime, thanks so much for being part of this. Thanks so much for looking past the imperfection and looking at the perfection of the message. And that's what it's all about. Well, everybody, this is the end of another episode. I'm so grateful, first and foremost, for Dr. Josefu Dayama. Uh, his stories run deep. I know we only scratched the surface of them, but I love getting new perspectives that intertwine with mine and allow me to see a little bit bigger of the picture. Um, this show is here for all of us. I hope that something here resonates with you and you find that missing piece that maybe you didn't even realize was missing uh, or uh, just a moment of love or a moment of joy and I hope that as you feel that that you take it with you and that you share it with those around you because that's what I'm doing here and I'm hoping that we get to do this together. Um, I can't imagine doing anything else right now. This is filling my heart and it is also me to realize that I can always reach for more and giving me a direction to reach in. And that's really, really cool. So as you all think of ways that you can better your life or remember ways that you do it now, then please share those. Please share those times, those thoughts, those ideas, so that we can all together find more clarity and more happiness and share it with each other. As you think these things through, get back to me. Send me a message at createchangeatthecenterofthought.com. That is, again, createchangeatthecenterofthought.com. Remember, we're all in this together. We're all just trying to figure it out. And I know that together we can figure it out. We're doing it every day. We're getting better at it. And life is amazing. This is Logan Nicholson. Again, until next time, be well. Thank you.